Welcome to the Positive Sports Podcast. I'll be your host this afternoon, Ed Montana. Alongside me today, my co-host, my brother, Alex. How you doing, buddy? What's up, man? I'm doing great. Just uh, getting over a pretty long week, long weekend. So trying to get back into the groove of uh, Mondays, I guess. Whatever. I don't even know what day it is anymore. <laughs> Bro, I had a long weekend. I'll tell you why. Couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep all weekend long. I had a small, small problem physically. Right? Okay. So on Friday, my daughter says to me, she says, hey, Dad, you want to go to the gym and work out? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I really, I've been saying this for a while. I got to do some strength work. You know, I got to, you know, keep my muscle. You know, I'm, I'm damn near 50. So it's important when you get a little bit older like this to do some strength work. And I don't like it. I don't do it. But I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll go. I should do it. So I go on the way to the gym. She says to me, it's arm day. I'm like, all right, that sounds good. I'll do that. You know, and I'm thinking arm day, right? We're going to do arms and probably some shoulders and back and maybe like core stuff, right? Which is all good for me as a runner, right? Like I don't, I don't need big guns, but you know, all that other stuff is important, right? She wasn't kidding, bro. It was arms. That's all we did was arms, right? And she does these CrossFit workouts, right? So she works every freaking fiber of muscle in your arms. So you do curls, you know, you do curls like this, you do them like this, you do them this right. way, that way, you know, you do them with your pinkies up, with your pinkies down. I mean, fucking, we did curls 55 different ways, right? When we were done, I was okay, fine. You know, I was pretty happy with myself. These little pipe cleaners can lift a little bit of weight. I'm good. Right. And that was around, I want to say it was around noon. By the time I went to bed at 10 o'clock, or 11 o'clock maybe, I couldn't move my fucking arms. I mean, I look like a T-Rex, bro. I was like, yeah. You like that arm? Yeah. I could not sleep, right? Because I could not get comfortable. I couldn't put my arms in any position where they wouldn't hurt because they were already so sore, right? And I mean, I don't know about you, but I sleep in one of two positions, right? Either Jesus Christ or Rocky. <laughs> Right. And neither one of those worked, man. My arms were killing me so much so that, and even now, like, like they're swollen and it's not muscle, you know, it's like <laughs> pain. I'm in pain. pain, bro. The worst, the worst is trying to put on a shirt. Oh my or, God. And take a shirt off. Oh. I know it hurts. Oh my God. I went for a Just ride. Just be glad right? it's not I went for Just a run. It's not winter time. Yeah. And you have to put on a shirt and a jacket. <laughs> I went for a run on Saturday and Sunday, right? And when I got back, obviously I'm all sweaty. I take my shirt off. Man, I could barely, I could barely get my arms over my head. And I it was to the point where I couldn't straighten them out. Like I couldn't, I couldn't straighten them completely right. out because I had yeah. to keep them kind of tucked in because they hurt. So I've gotten Well, like, that's what happens. That's what happens when you, you've worked out never on your arms. <laughs> Dude, I'm a runner, not a freaking handstander. <laughs> I mean, but that, that would happen to me, right? Because like, I, I never work out my legs. Like, I don't work out my legs at all. So, you know, 
Like I'll get on the bike, but to do like actual leg, like to, to say I'm gonna, it's leg day today, never. Never in my vocabulary, never in my gym schedule, never. <laughs> we, um, one of the things we did, right, was um, we did like short, you know, uh, presses, right? And we started off with, I don't know how much weight, 60 pounds or whatever, and we do reps of eight. And every time we'd add 20 pounds or, or 10 pounds, I don't even know, right? It's all a blur to me. I'm so bad with weights that I lose count. So, like, I end up doing nine reps sometimes. Sometimes I do eight. Sometimes I do 10 because I lose count while I'm doing it. I'm so focused on not dying that. Right. You know, so, at one point, you know, when the weight gets heavy, you're supposed to kind of do that little jump and push. Mm-hmm. Man, she's like, just just jump and push, you know, just kind of give yourself a little more oomph to get it up. I was like, I can't do all that with weights and stuff. I'm not that coordinated. <laughs> but see, that should be your strength right there, right? To have to jump. That's what that's what your strength is at in your in your legs. I know. I could probably press a lot more if I could get the rhythm of jumping and pushing at the same time. Yeah. But I'm not used to doing that shit. I jumped once and I was like, Nah, fuck it. I'm just gonna arm press this motherfucker because I don't have this. I don't have the coordination to jump and push at the same time. Yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, but it's good for you. You don't want to be that guy. You know, you kind of want to be a little proportion. You know, you don't want to be that guy with uh, you know, noodle arms and fucking big Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, you know, fucking calves and thighs. Dude, and that's me. I look like a fucking. I look like a weeble wobble. I got some big ass legs, <laughs> and then I got these little pipe cleaner arms, you know, like like your arms. You look like Schwarzenegger standing next to me with your arms and chest. I'm all skinny up top, you know what I mean? I haven't been to the gym in like in months. I haven't been to the gym in three, about probably three months. Damn, bro. Yeah. I try to go every no. time my, my daughter wants to go, I try to go because I know it's good for me. And, and I'm never going to like, I'm never going to say to her or to you or to anyone for that matter, even to myself, Hey, why don't I go to the gym and get an arm workout in or, you know, do lift some weights. She took me a couple of weeks ago. She dragged me to do leg day. Killed that. I was, <laughs> I was squatting, deadlifting, but I could do all, I, I could do that shit all day. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it, the only part that gets kind of dicey is if the weight gets too heavy, it might rip my arms, my little skinny arms right out of my shoulders. But it's not because the legs can't do the work. <laughs> That's right. Don't blame the legs. Oh, man. So what else you been up to this week? Uh, yeah, I had Nicole came down to visit, so that was good. Um, you know, had a little get-together on Saturday and – uh, it was uh, it was a good time, man. A lot of drinking, a lot of partying, games played. Uh, it was it was good, man. It was a good time. Family, friends. It was good. So, you know, still That's recovering. Always, it's always good to spend time with family and friends, man. You can't complain about that. That's right. That's right. Speaking of family and friends, some teams are out of the bubble and they can go spend time with their family and friends now because. We've gotten rid of some of the dead weight in the NBA. Uh, yeah. in, the East, in the East, we're down to four. In the West, you know, we got two series still going on. So let's talk about those first-round series in the West that have yet to finish. And I'm talking about the Denver Nuggets and the Utah Jazz who are going to a game seven. 
and the Rockets and the Thunder with the Rockets up 3-2. That Denver-Utah series, I mean, if you like scoring, watch that. There's no defense there. I mean, it looks like an all-star game almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been enjoying Jamal Murray going up against Donovan Mitchell. It looks like they're matching each other game for game, point for point. Uh, but Murray's on a fucking crazy run. I mean, that's twice that he's yeah. hit 50 points in that series. I mean, he's he's really um, he's really taken over. Like, yeah, he really they went down 3-1. So he's, yeah. you know, I mean. Well, and, and you know what's interesting, right? So you can count on one hand how many guys have had multiple 50-point games in one series. And in this yeah. series, we have two guys that have done it. I mean, it's – right. It's just – it's incredible what a um, – it's been a scoring fest, and it's been so much fun to watch. I mean, they're just – they're filling the bucket over and over again. Who do you think wins game seven? Oh, the Nuggets. I never thought they would lose the series, even down 3-1. Really? At all. At yeah. I was a little worried about them. Nah, nah, nah. Nah. I, 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 the Nuggets have been a good team. They've been they, – they got a good squad, you know? Oh, and are. Utah's got a good team too, but I don't know. There's something – I don't know what they're missing exactly, but I just don't – I don't see them – they might blow it up after the season. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of talks, you know, Gobert and Mitchell and, you know, Gobert kind of, you know, kicked the chair last night after the game. Mitchell was kind of upset. There's something, something there, and then – and now to lose a 3-1 lead like that, right? Now you're going to game seven. Man, that game six was, I think, the nail in the coffin. Yeah, the pressure now is squarely on the Jazz, right? Because right. the Nuggets are playing well, and the Jazz did have a 3-1 lead, and they they didn't get blown out, but they didn't look like a team that was ready to close out the series. And, you know, that's a little bit of lack of maturity, but I think also, to your point, it's a little lack of cohesion between – the two main stars on the team, which is Donovan Mitchell and, and Rudy Gobert. And we've heard rumblings about them having issues for a while. And, it, you know, it's not surprising that now in the playoffs, you know, those those issues become magnified when the pressure gets greater. So, you know, yeah. I, I think, you know, the, the Jazz are actually favored to win game seven. But really? Yeah. Yeah. Slight favorite. Oh one point favorite. But I'm, I, I agree with you. I think the Nuggets are just – now they've just gotten too hot. So if, if, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I was like – before the game yesterday, I was like, if the Nuggets get down 7 to 10 points early in the first quarter, fucking live bet. Live bet the Nuggets. Like I was – I was for sure the Nuggets would win either way. They were, they were, they were underdogs yesterday, right? Oh, yeah. I'm kind of surprised that they're underdogs again. Did you live bet it? No, I just gave out the advice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gonna I'm not gonna risk my money, but I'll tell you what to do with yours. But I I thought that was a good bet. And I mean they were down I think as much as twelve in the first quarter. Yep. You know, with like seven minutes, six minutes left or half somewhere around there. But wow, I I would let it ride on the nuggets again. Yeah, I let it ride. I agree with you. I agree with you completely. Uh, what about the other series? What do you think about the Rockets and, and the and the Thunder? That that series has been entertaining as well. 
Yeah, it has been. Um, you know, there's a couple of players from the Thunder that have stepped up and played good defense on Harden. I mean, I just don't see – I mean, I think the Rockets will win the series. I think they even close it out today, but I just don't see how that team is really going to be competitive going forward. Like, I, I would much rather see the Thunder win because – win the series because I think they match up a little better. Like, I, that small lineup of the Rockets just doesn't – it doesn't it, – it's not built for a seven-game series, you know? I, I agree with you. And, and what, what's really – What's really been exposed here with the Rockets is, you're right, that small lineup is not going to do it. And when they have to go up against the Lakers in the next round, it's just going to be too much. And quite frankly, the same, I think the same can be said for the Thunder. The Thunder match up a little bit better uh, from, a, from a height and skill perspective. Uh, they just don't have the scoring punch to really keep up with the Lakers. But I think either one of these teams is – Either one of these teams is just easy pickings for the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, the, the I mean, when the Rockets are on, they're on. When they're off, they're off. You know, they live by the three, die by the three. It's, it's really hit or miss, you know. Like, Harden's going to get his points, you know. He's going to get – he's going to drop 30, 40 points, but he's also going to shoot three for 16 from – three-point man, you know? Yeah. And, you know, that that just – that doesn't really equate to winning in my eyes. So, well, I don't know. I think – I think the Rockets – is what is it? 3-2 Rockets, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Rockets put it away tonight. I don't think they, they lose. Well, and I think the other problem for the Rockets is I don't think Westbrook is completely healthy. He's out there and he's healthy enough to, to, to get on the court but I don't think he's healthy enough to really um, contribute to the level that's going to make them a real threat to the Lakers. They have to have the one-two of Westbrook and Harden, and I just don't think Westbrook is health-wise. I don't think he's there. Yeah, well, maybe this extra time, you know, they had a you know few more days in between, so maybe that that helped. Didn't he come back for for Game Five? Yeah. Did he play last game? Yeah, and he looked he looked off. That that helped. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he needed that one game to to kind of get it moving, but but he did look off to me. Yeah. And of absolutely. course, wait, waiting in the wings are the two teams from LA, the Lakers and the Clippers. Uh, the Lakers will get the winner of the Rockets Thunder. The Clippers will get. Uh, either the Nuggets or the Jazz. <clears throat> are you uh, are you surprised at all about those LA teams? What do you think their prospects are going forward? I am a little surprised because I don't think the Lakers have really been all that good. Like Anthony Davis is carrying that team, um, but they haven't shot well at all. Like Danny Green hasn't really gotten going. No, uh, that just. Overall, the Lakers are not shooting the ball that good, and they haven't really shot the ball good at all from three three point land, yeah. you know, all season. So, I don't know, man. I mean, they better hope Anthony Davis doesn't get hurt because he's really been carrying that team uh, in my eyes. Yeah, he really has. And um, the the you know, I think the Lakers were obviously it was a little bit easy with the Blazers, and especially after Lillard got hurt. 
Um, so they got a bit of a gift there. I think they're going to get a bit of a gift here in the second round as well. But it, to me, it looks like we're looking at a collision course between the two LA teams in the conference finals, which I think would be a lot of fun. This is the one time that I wish they weren't in the bubble. I think it'd be great to have those games in LA. It'd be great to have fans in the, at, at those games. It would make them uh, quite the show. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I have a little less confidence in the Lakers than I do in the Clippers. Uh, but the Clippers have the tougher matchup, be it Utah or Denver. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if it's Denver, it's going to be a tough matchup. If it's Utah, I don't think I don't think it's a series at all. Yeah, I... Because then because then you can put Kawhi on Donovan Mitchell and, you know, Kawhi is I mean, he's a two way player, you know, he's going to. And and now if Paul George finds his groove like the way he's been finding it the past two games, now, you know, Kawhi can play a little harder, sort of say, on, on defense, on Donovan, on stopping him, and then let kind of Paul George do his thing on the offensive side if he, if he gets, his, gets it going. So I, I, don't, I don't think Utah will be much of a series for, for the Clips. Interesting comments by Paul George after whatever it was, game four or whatever, when you know, people were talking about how bad he was playing and he started talking about opening up about you know, the mental health issues of playing in the bubble and whatnot. I thought it was, I thought it was very courageous on his part to talk about that because that's not, you know, talking about mental health and just how you feel and, and whatnot is not, it's not that it's frowned upon, but it's not, you know, it's not accepted very widely, right? Uh, so I thought right. it took a tremendous amount of courage for him to talk about that. And the other thing too is, it kind of gives you a little bit of uh, insight into these, these athletes and what they're going through. And then, you know, a lot of times we don't have a lot of sympathy for athletes because they're pampered and they're making a lot of money. But at the end of the day, right, they're human beings just like you and me. And, you know, they go through the struggles of this pandemic just like we do. Um, you know, their job is obviously very different than ours and their compensation is very different than ours and their circumstances are very different. But some of the normal everyday stuff affects them as well, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's good that they come out and talk about things like that because I think they, uh, you know, players like Paul George and, you know, all these, you know, high-level players are, you know, I mean, Barkley said a long time ago, he is not a role model, right? But you know, there are people that look, you know, kids that look up to, you know, to these athletes, right, that buy their jerseys and sneakers and got posters of theirs in their rooms. And, you know, yeah. some, uh, you know, kids are, you know, they, they go through mental issues, too. So I think hearing someone like that talk about it is, you know, gives uh, some courage to to, uh, you know, kids out there that look up to them. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, part of the reason part of the reason they're not role models is right, I don't know if I lost that or what. I'm sorry, what? Uh oh. You're breaking up. Hang in there, Alex. Hang in there. You there? Uh oh. Okay, I can see you and I can hear you're you. You're not even breaking up, you're just frozen. Yeah, hopefully I froze with a smile on my face.
You there, Alex? I'm here. I can't see you, though. Can you see me? I can't see you, but I can hear you crystal clear. That's okay. It's actually probably better for the show if we don't see yeah, you. Yeah, it just says your name up here. Well, I think mine is recording, so it does not, so they won't see yeah, you. It's chopping up big time. I don't see you. Can you see me? Uh, no. Can you but hear I can me? hear you. Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah. I can hear you too. I just can't. Yeah, I just can't see you. Okay. Well, you know, and, and that's part of the reason. Ready? Well, we're back after a little technical difficulty. Um, yeah, look, that's why, that's why, uh, Charles Barkley said, I'm not a role model because at the end of the day, we don't know everything about these guys. And so it's interesting to get a little insight into Paul George's mental state with the oddities of the bubble and being kind of quarantined in the bubble and all that other stuff. So I thought it was, I thought yeah. it was great that he came out and shared that with us and, you know, give people a little insight. Maybe people can chill out when they're talking about how bad he's playing and, you know, all the, all the shit that you hear sometimes about, oh, he sucks and this, that, and the other thing. No, man, maybe he's just got problems, right? Yeah, but I mean, we got problems too, you know, but I mean, we go to work and we got to perform and do our job, you know, and it's the same thing. It's on a different scale maybe, but he still has to go out there and play, you know? He, oh, yeah. He's playing for himself. He's playing for his team. They're playing, they're playing for something, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um you know, I, I don't I'm, – I'm going to criticize, of course, but uh, I think as fans, you know, th there is a certain – you know, there is a line to, that you don't cross, you know. Like, right. shit happens. Like, they're – you know, they're – you know, they're in a situation that they – no one's ever – you know, the NBA hasn't been in before. Uh, but at the end of the day, <clears throat> there's – players out there that are performing regardless of what's happening, what's happening back in their own cities uh, and stuff like that. And, and there's, there's players that are, are performing up to a higher level than, than they're expected to sometimes. So, you know, I, I understand both sides. Um, so, you know, and a good job by uh, TNT because I think they're asking the right questions. I think they're being sensitive about, everything but you know and they're not being pushy on just wanting basketball answers you know what i mean right. uh this is their platform this is what the players want and i you know i got no issue with with how they're answering the questions and i think i think for the most part it's been pretty genuine you know i mean jamal murray we saw him cry last night getting interviewed um you know after a big performance like that i'm sure he had you know I think he was trying to hide a little bit of the emotions from the game because he had such a great game, you know, but at the same time, he, he doesn't want that to overshadow what they're there for. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. um, but he had a, a bunch of emotions going on. I, I know inside he was happy that his team won, you know, and stuff like that, but he's also got, you know, 
other emotions from the outside that that he's dealing with that you know people close to him might be dealing with teammates that, that we don't know about you know so good job by by everyone yeah no it's been very interesting to watch and um you know yeah it's you know we 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 expect people to perform but look there are days when I don't do as good a job at work as I do other days. This has been my argument about um, never wanting to go to the doctor, right? Like, especially surgery. Like, this is why I would never do elective surgery, right? Because, you know, it's elective, right? So, like, I wouldn't do any kind of cosmetic stuff, right? But that's, that's my fear, right? That doctor that I'm trusting he's a normal human being just like me. What if, you know, what if he's depressed? What if he, and he doesn't do a good job and I end up, you know, with my nose over here or some shit, you know what I mean? Like, like it's stuff like that that I've thought about and it's, you know, but no one goes to the doctor thinking, Oh, well, what if this guy's having a bad day? We just, we go to the doctor and we expect him to take care of it and do everything perfect. Right. Right. At the end of the day, they're people too. Right. So it's, it's it's really interesting uh to hear what he's going through and you know he's got to perform and you know that that's why we appreciate uh you know greatness when we see it um and i think it's going right. to knowing stuff like this i think it's going to make us even more appreciative of the greatness that we see right yeah yeah <clears throat> hey so let's uh let's move on to baseball so when is the trade deadline? Is the trade deadline today? It's today, yeah. Yeah, because I've been hearing a whole bunch of deals and, and whatnot, but the biggest deal that I heard by far, Mike Clevenger from the Indians to the Padres. Does this make the Padres a legitimate contender in the National League? I uh, I think they're a contender without him. I mean, their record is you know pretty good. So, so Mike, that so no, I don't think it makes them any more of a contender. No, I don't think it even pushes them over the top. Just because Clevenger is only going to pitch five days, he's not an everyday player, right? So he can't right. impact the game. But I mean, I don't know if they need any more hitters because they like rank in the top five in like every offensive category. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous what they're doing. They really, they've really caught the eye of of baseball fans, you know, not in San Diego. You know what I mean? So, uh, and even and even some of those fans in San Diego are probably coming back to the Padres to watch them because yeah. that's how exciting they've been. You know, so uh, no, I don't think this. This, I don't think this move puts him over the top. I don't think it makes them any more of a contender because they're a contender before him. See, I disagree you with you. I, I think this makes them a serious contender because the one thing they were missing was pitching. And now they have a bona fide number one that you can throw out there on three days rest if need be in a series where you can have them twice in a seven-game series, maybe even three times a guy who can really shut down another team. And with that offensive firepower, it doesn't take much for him to pick up a W for him. So I think it's a big deal. Um, you know, they're five games back of the Dodgers and they're doing it all on offense. But we all know that 
come the postseason, pitching is what wins. And oh yeah. It's a big it's a big plus for them to have a a bona fide ace on their staff now. Um <clears throat> on the other side of it, like I really wonder what the Indians are doing. And you know, we thought about this, we talked about this last year when they when they got rid of Trevor Bauer. And you know, they've got the best pitching staff and the best maybe maybe the best pitching in baseball, right? They're a team that can seriously contend right now, even with the Tampa Bays and the Yankees and, and whatnot. And, and here they, they, they give away a guy. They don't give him away, obviously. They traded for him. But they didn't get back anything crazy. What are they doing? I mean, if I'm a Cleveland Indians fan today, I'm pissed. And I understand – they have some locker room issues with Clevenger being out and about. And they got, but man, look, it's a sixty-game schedule. Let's all get on the same page. Someone messed up, but let's all get on the same page and let's make this drive to possibly win a World Series. And I don't understand what the Indians are doing, trading away a guy. Was he a problem in the clubhouse? Maybe, but man, you can't fix it for thirty more games and a postseason run. What's going on? Uh, uh, I think it's pretty easy. They just, they're just sellers. And I think the Clevenger, the Clevenger deal, um, you know, with them going out or whatever and stuff like that, I, I think that just, that made it that much easier for the, for the Indians to make, to make a deal. And I mean, they're clearly in rebuilding mode. Like, I just don't see, I don't, I don't see that management wants to really go for it. They're looking to cut back and, and that's it. And now, I mean, Lindor has got to be next because you're going to lose him for nothing. Right. So you got to trade him. Like they may really, they may get a bigger package from Clevenger than from Lindor at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and the, the weird thing is you say they're sellers, which I agree with you. Obviously they are. They've got the third best record in the, in the American league. They're very clearly yeah. going to make the playoffs unless they give away everyone, right? But they're very clearly going to make the playoffs. And I think what they're saying is we're close, but we can't improve enough to beat Tampa Bay, the Yankees, and the A's, and, and the Astros. So we're just going to go completely in the other direction and just give it all away. And to me, man, if you're a Cleveland Indians fan, that's got to piss you off. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, may- maybe they're just banking on, you know, if they make the playoffs, it's a success. It doesn't matter how far they go, right? Maybe that's how management is thinking about it, right? I'm assuming it's got to come from there because, I mean, Terry Francona is the manager. Like, he's a well-respected guy. Man, if they get rid of Lindor, Clevenger now, right? I mean, I don't see him being there much longer, right? Doesn't he have, like, health issues, too? Yeah, like, issues, this is yeah. all man- This is this is all front office stuff for, for, from the Indians. It's It's got to be because uh, I just don't – it makes no sense how you can have uh, – like, they got, like – or they had, like, five players w- where you could, like, build around. You know, you're talking about Kluber. You're talking about Clevenger. Um, wow. You know, they had – they had kind of, like, a little nice core going where you can build around, you know, and – well, and the, and, the, and the scary thing is, even getting rid of Clevenger, they still have – their bullpen is great. 
I, th- I want to say it's the best bullpen in the MLB right now. And they still have Carrasco, who's come back from, from his cancer scare, is pitching well. You know, they still have a lot going for them. So maybe this is a long-term move, but I just – I don't see it. I just don't see it. I don't see it. And quite frankly, as a Cleveland Indians fan, I'd be, I'd be pissed. Now, for a guy who picked the Chicago White Sox to go to the World Series out of the American League, you must be pretty happy to see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, they got a hell of an offense, man. That offense rakes, bro. It yeah. really does. Um, and and uh, they got a no-hitter this past week from Lucas Giolito. It was uh, – so, you know, the kind of pitching is kind of starting to come around a little bit. It's, you know, it's kind of middle of the pack, I think, in like ERA in the majors. But yeah. the offense is, is there, man. And that's kind of what I feel about the about the Phillies. Like the Phillies have an offense that can put up ten runs on any given night. Their their pitching is their bullpen is really like the big issue, you know. So, um, but if they can make a move or two here before the deadline, yeah, the Phillies could be sitting all right and give you know. And you know, again, you don't you don't have to win the division, right? You can you can get second place in the division and you'll be all right. Just gotta yeah. make a run. Yeah, the yeah. White Sox are looking good. I like them. Yeah, the, the Phillies are tied for second right now um, with the Marlins. And, you know, the Marlins have obviously scheduling issues. Um, the Phillies offense looks like it's starting to turn the corner, uh, which is a good sign, you know, with 30 games left for them, 31. Uh, if they can turn around and get one or two pieces for their bullpen, they may be a serious problem in the NL East and in the NL overall. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, when we look at the National League, I think, I think it's still the the Dodgers, right? But I mean, you know, Atlanta's been playing well. Um, they don't have a lot of pitching, but I mean, the Dodgers are. I don't know. Well, the I don't Dodgers- trust the team all the way, but I will say this. They are hungry, right? When I look at a team like the Dodgers and the Padres, the Padres are built to win maybe now, next year, following season. The Dodgers are, it's now, right? They've been there already three years in a row, four years in a row. They're, they're more desperate to win now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost like if they don't win now, then, you know, we can see some further changes in that team maybe. I, I, I don't know, right? Yeah. But so – and with the Padres, it's like they make the playoffs. That's considered a success. Maybe they win their first series. That's a success. But if they lose, right, if they don't even make the World Series, they can look back and say, well, we're making progress. Right. We got a young team. They're we building. can still, you know – Right, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we can look forward to next year and the season after and all that. So they got time. The Dodgers don't, which makes me think the Dodgers are desperate to win now. Yeah, the Dodgers – look, the Dodgers are the class of the National League. Um, You know, to me, they are head and shoulders the best team in the National League. And, quite frankly, anyone but them in the World Series, and I'll be moderately surprised. Uh, because it's just 
they're, they're too good. They've got a great lineup. They've got great pitching. They're good all the way around. So, um, and you're right. The Padres are building. The Padres are playing with house money, right? If they right. If they make the playoffs, it's a winning season for them, and that and that's and that will be good enough. Now, of course, they're going to want to go further, but if, even if they get bounced in the first round, you know, sixty game season, they're getting better. They've added pieces, and it's just it's a building process. I think the Padres certainly look like the team that's going to be the next challenger for the uh, for the uh, Dodgers out west. Who do you like in the American League so far, aside from the White Sox? I know you're you're big on the White Sox. Uh, I don't know who else is. Uh, I don't know. Let me look at the uh, who else has been playing. Well, I I I like what Toronto's doing. I think Toronto is playing well. They picked up another pitcher earlier today. Who they pick up? Uh, Robbie Ray from from the Diamondbacks. Yeah. So it's just another arm, you know. And I think they they realize that. Wait a second, we're we're in what they're in third place, right? One one game back of the Yankees. Uh, you know that's that's a team right there that is saying, well, let's let's give it a shot, right? Yeah. Well, right so, now they're firmly in that wild card spot, right? Because yeah, um, they'd be in one of the two wild card spots along with Minnesota. So they, they, you know, and and behind them, it's it's a it's a you know it's a bit of a drop off before you get to another team. So they certainly look like they're trying to build towards a, a making the playoffs, albeit the expanded playoffs this year, but playoffs yeah. nonetheless. Yeah. So I say I say they they've been a little bit of a surprise so far. You know. How about you? Look, um, I'm I'm kind of surprised with Tampa Bay. And it's not just that the, the surprise is not that they're playing well. It's that they're playing this well. And it's not just pitching. They're hitting. Um, you know, the last few years, they've been making it. On, they've been doing well on outstanding pitching. It seems like the hitting is catching up to their pitching. And they, they look more complete than they've looked in the past. I don't think that they're going to be an easy out in the playoffs for anybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean they they look to be running away with the East right now, but uh you know, I don't know, man. It's going to be it's really going to be a toss up here. I don't I mean, it's just a lot of good teams, a lot of teams playing well right now. Yeah. You know, then they 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 could hit that wall too, you know. Any team can hit that wall and a little less likely to happen though games. with a with a shorter season, I feel like. You know, that's like the shorter season, I think, benefits a team like the Padres quite a bit. The Padres are a young team, and so they don't – it's not the same grind through the summer of being in a pennant race. Uh, you know, they play 30 games, and boom, they're already in the pennant race. So it, it doesn't take – it doesn't the grind doesn't take its toll on them the way it normally would a young team. A lot of times, you know, we see a team kind of fade in July and August – because, well, they're a young team. They're not used to the grind of being in the hunt for so long. So I think this short season actually plays into a young team like the Padres. Yeah, yeah, could very well be. <clears throat> and then in the, in, the, uh, in the National League Central, the Cubs look to be firmly in control. They, they seem to be playing well. And then you've got St. Louis and Milwaukee coming up behind them. 
neither one of them looks great. I wonder which one of those teams will make a big move here at the trade deadline to try to get themselves going in the right direction. Uh, I feel like Milwaukee's more likely to do it, but I don't know. They may be sellers. Yeah, I mean, even though the the Cubs are what three and a half up on in the you know above uh, the, the the Cardinals for first yeah. place, but their their offense hasn't been that that great. Javi Baez has not been that great. Um, so I I don't know they uh and who they play oh, and and the White Sox fucking teed off on that team. So you know I don't know. I think I think St. Louis is gonna catch them. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's gonna be a tight race. Um, and that, and part of that is the reason why I think Milwaukee may end up being a seller. That could be, could be. Which is be a shame because I would love to see Yelich in the playoffs again. I, you know, I just love watching that guy play. I think he, you know, he's a great ball player, plays the right way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that division might really be a toss-up. Even 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 Cincinnati, like I mean, they can get on a little run here, and you know, because the other the teams ahead of them haven't really, you know, shown. You know, the Cubs Cubs got twenty wins, but those came like early in the season. Part of those, you know, four and six in their last ten. That's not great. So Cincinnati can make a run, maybe. The only thing that might hurt the Cardinals is the schedule, right? Because they're they're still. They're still trying to make up games from the, yeah. uh, you know, them being out of whack because of COVID for a couple of weeks. And now that's another interesting thing to watch, right? Because Oakland has had some positive tests. If they have a situation where they're shut down for 10 days, them having to make up games may really hurt their chances to, you know, really be prime and ready for the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Just another level you know, I was of thinking, interest. Yeah. Yeah, you know, not, not, I was kind of thinking about it. I'm like, teams are probably going to really – well, I mean, the trade deadline is, is – I think it's already up, but I, I would have assumed that teams would be looking a little – you know, knowing that you have to play – okay, knowing that you have to play the Cardinals, right? If you're Milwaukee's club, Cubs, Cincinnati, or, or teams from the AL Central, knowing you still have about – uh, you know, one or two double headers, like you don't go and get some bullpen help, right? Because you're going to have to bullpen some of those games maybe. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah I would think the Cardinals are – if they're going to make any move, it's going to be bullpen help, right? Because they're going to have to bullpen a game. You're right. Yeah. So hmm. We'll see. We'll see. Again, it's just another layer of – uh, com- it's another layer of complication to this already complicated season. Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun though. Yeah, All right, I, buddy, I think the better. Nationals are, are hungover, right? Yeah, well, you know, the Nationals kind of caught lightning in a bottle last year. Um, they they just got hot at the right time. The schedule really played well for them at that one point in June and they kind of rode that the rest of the summer. Um, and, you know, look, you, you can't underestimate the fact that, you know, they lost Bryce Harper and they lost Anthony Rendon and, you know, they lost some significant bats and, you know, eventually that's going to catch up with you. Yeah. It's the nature of the beast. 
That's it. You got anything else, buddy? Uh, no, man. I think we covered. Uh, I think we covered most of it. Alrighty, that sounds good. As always, folks, if you want to reach out to us and let us know your thoughts on the NBA, the MLB, or uh, arm day workouts or anything like that, you can email the show, positivesports10 at gmail.com, positivesports10 at gmail.com. If you want to get a hold of Alex, Alex, how do they do that? On Twitter at BrooklynGaucho1. And likewise, if you want to get a hold of me, you can do so on Twitter as well, at emontana21 on Twitter. And with that, we've come to the end of another wonderful episode of the Positive Sports Podcast. As always, folks, ignore the negativity. Be the positivity. Peace.